Welcome to Messy in the Middle, the podcast. We are two realtors from two different coasts working to improve and grow. We believe you deserve to have a thriving business and live a balanced life. Your journey from ideas to implementation starts now. Hey, Jeffy. I had a pretty cool experience the other day with a researcher doing a project for the National Science Foundation. Rad. Tell me about it. Yeah, I know. In regards to real estate, it was kind of crazy. So yeah. uh, they reached out. They wanted to talk about the type of information we pull up for buyers. Mm. And I started the conversation and I was going through all the things information sources that we do when we've you know narrowed it down to a property that we're interested in. Yeah. And I'm saying, well, you know, we're looking at flood data and I'm looking at this and that and the other and I'm pulling this and that. And she kind of glazed over and said, you know, when I bought a house, my realtor didn't do that for me. Yeah. And it made me realize all the things that we do to curate a valuable buyer experience. And that's what we're going to talk to about today. Yes, we are. Because Ed and I were chatting about um, how we can be better. And both of us in our own cities, on our own coasts, have incredible listing formats that we follow. And, you know, with the rapidness of the market over the last three years, the buying experience has really morphed into something that I didn't have control over and neither did you. So this this is how this this podcast was born. So we're creating a buyer's experience. And why don't you talk about why it matters? I mean, it matters in so many levels, but give it yeah, to me. I, yeah, so why it matters, you know, if we look back kind of in the old days, you know, when we had lots of property on the market and we controlled a lot of information, we were able to naturally drive the buyer process Mm -hmm. and curate that process. Yes. So that we selected properties, we'd go out on and do a buyer tour, look at Mm -hmm. six to eight properties, really understand what their needs were and then narrow in and and find it. Right. That's not the natural process right now. No, it's not. Very, very different. Right, because they're, you know, we were talking about how buyers go to bed at night and they're on their phones looking at all the platforms they can see homes on where you and I are like, oh my God, taking off our shoes and having our dinner because we've just been at work all day. So they they have access to so much more information, but I think what happens is they get they get lost in the weeds because they don't understand what we bring to the table as their buyer's agent. So we really want to break that down. Right. You know, and at the at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we're intentional in the buyer experience, and we're providing the most value, mm-hmm. which is around our our ability to analyze property and to negotiate transactions. Yes, and so that's and so that's what we're going to dive into. So, good with that. There's some definite steps in this improved buyer process. Mm-hmm. That we want it, we want to go through and talk about, and I think it starts with doing the initial needs analysis. Wouldn't you agree with that? A hundred percent. Because if you don't know what you're working with, how are you going to create the roadmap? Right. Yeah. So to kind of take it to the next level and dive into it, you could easily get into a process with a buyer where they throw you a property and it's not it. 
they throw you a property and it's not it. You kind of just are doing one-offs, looking mm-hmm. at things that are coming up on the market that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take the time to do the proper needs analysis, you you can't build that picture of what's ideal for them and get to the end result quicker and, right. and in a much more satisfying way. And so Agreed. Jeffy and I going through this, we realized there's there's really four variables in that needs analysis that you want to go mm-hmm. through, which are price, yep. condition, yep. location, and the fourth one is timing. Yeah. And we're going to talk about one. each one of those. Yeah. So price, pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, what can they afford? Mm-hmm. And what are they willing to spend? Right. And those are two different things quite often. A lot of the time, especially here. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's so it's so we've got the price component. Condition is age of the property, the function of the property, and the size of the property, right? So it's it's mm-hmm. it's actually what we're dealing with with the home and what they're looking right. for. And that's probably what they get most excited about. Yeah. You know, do they want a ranch? Do they want a view? Do they you know that type of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, location. Pretty yep. obvious, you know. Yep. Where do they want? Where do they want to be? Uh, but then I also talk about location within location. So you might want to be in a per- particular part of town, but do you need to be close to school? Do you want that view? Um, mm-hmm. You know, where? What are you really looking for in that property? Right. And then timing. And I think this is this is one I've kind of added as of late. Um, yeah. And I think it's 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 a good one to think about, which is. Do you need that house immediately? Are you, you know, moving to town and the job's starting and the kids need to be in school? Or is this a move up where you're kind of aspirational and if it happens this year, that'd be great. But if it's a couple years from now, that's fine too. Those are right. two very different scenarios. Exactly. Exactly. And also, you know, I recently had a buyer who was in a lease and, um, Knowing and understanding the the you know how pinched they were feeling because their lease was coming to an end was important because I think they were making decisions that probably weren't in their best interest based on their lease expiring. So we ultimately had them extend their lease so that they could make a better decision. So there's there's all those factors that play into that timing section. Right, and so that's that's a nice way to kind of organize that initial needs analysis discussion. I mm-hmm. find that takes usually about a half an hour on a Zoom call just to kind of yeah. go through and break it down into those categories and that realize that it's a compromise in those, quite often it's a compromise of those variables. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to have the ocean view in San Diego, but you only have a budget of $500,000, you're probably not going to get it, right? <laughs> so. You're going to need some binoculars. You need some binoculars, <laughs> so you play around with that, with those variables, realizing yeah. that it's it, it's a compromise. Yes, and that comes to expectations, right? So we you, you do this initial intake with your clients, which we you know, which I do still and have been doing. You've been doing. It's just sharpening our skills and being better at. I think laying the expectation of what's going to happen through the buying experience. So we get these people out, the buyers get out in the car, they get out and they look at these properties that they've been searching on on the internet. We also been searching on the internet. This is point number one for me. Buyer, 
your role in this process is to search properties. You, this is your passion. You're looking. I'm also looking, but because you get up at 5.30 in the morning and start perusing the internet for new listings, you quite possibly will see things before I do. And I want to set the expectation. It's not that I don't love, care about you and want the best for you. It's just, I don't look at properties at 5.30 in the morning. So we're going to be collaborative in this part. That is huge. Laying that expectation, right? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second part, buyer, is that I know a lot of people. I know a lot of agents. I know a lot of my clients that live in the area you want to live in. I actively farm an area. So I will go above and beyond for you to try to find things that either are off market, coming on the market, or people that I know that potentially would be willing to sell for the right price. So this is where our efforts come together. Sometimes, and because it's very rare to find off-market things, but it's not impossible, again, laying the expectation. I'm not going to be giving you 10 off-market properties a week. That's not going to happen. But I'm going to continually be searching every single day for those. So again, now I've set two expectations, right? The expectation that we're both looking at things that come on the MLS and the the internet and that I am going to be looking for off-market items. Right. So th- those are huge. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think it gets to the value add piece. First of all, I think that's excellent to be yeah. able to set that expectation that the they quite often are going to be able to find that house first that's coming in and saying, "Hey, have you seen this?" Because they're getting yes. up first thing in the morning. Yeah. Um, so that's that you're setting that expectation where our true value add comes in this point in the process is our analysis and being able to say, yes. oh yes, that home, I sold that home 10 years ago, you know, this, that, have you mm-hmm. thought about this, that, and the other, those yeah. type of things. And then right. actually at the showing, the value is not in opening the door, it's in the analysis of what the what's going on with this property and things that they might need to consider. Exactly. And it- you know, and the analysis comes through whether you're a new agent or you're a seasoned agent. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. It's the questions that you ask to get the analysis completed for your client. So, I don't want this to be a turnoff to new agents who go, "Well, I haven't sold that house before, or I haven't done this before." It, that's okay. Is it a, on a double yellow line? Is it near a fire station? Is it near an airport? Is it, what's the resale value going to look like when those clients call you back to say, hey, I want to sell my house and I want to sell it for the exact same as the person who has the 360 degree view. And you know, it's having those real open conversations so they can go in with eyes open without the rosy glasses on, right? You know, yeah. one of the ways I phrase that with clients is I say, the thing you need to remember yeah. is there's no perfect home, yep. but there are some homes that are more perfect than others. Mm-hmm. And so everything's kind of relative, and you want right. to be, you want to be looking at things and and making sure that people are aware of, of issues that could exist down the line. Yes. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our show. We get a lot of questions about why we do this, and I want to say that we love it. We sharpen our skills, we get to have fun, and we get to interact with all of you. So thank you for that. Thanks so much. And we do have one favor to ask. If you know anyone that's thinking about buying or selling, 
in the US or Canada, let us know. We have an amazing network of vetted agents that are so good at what they do. And what better gift can you give that person than somebody that's best of breed? Enjoy the rest of the show. Another piece is negotiation. If you as if your buyer understands the level at which you can negotiate, that's the difference, especially even with this market being where it is, and you know, we're doing this in the middle of March, this this podcast. There still aren't enough homes for the amount of buyers. We still are less than a month and a half supply in San Diego for for buyers. So even though interest rates are high, if the property is priced properly, you're in competition. And having someone that can negotiate for you and explaining to that buyer, here is a value add that I'm bringing to the table. I'm going to help you get this property for the best price that you possibly can. And I'm going to get you into the arena for even getting a counteroffer or, you know, insert here, whatever your market bears. But it's very important that the buyer understands in that consultation how, how important that negotiation process really is. That's right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the most referred skill and it's where we bring so much value. So Ab- something absolutely. that you definitely want to set that expectation around. Yeah. The lender can make or break a deal. I mean, you and I both do the same amount of listings as we represent buyers, which is a beautiful thing for us, the two of us, because right. we see what's happening in the current market all the time. If you bring you know, an offer into me on a property and I've never heard of the lender or the bank and the letter is not, it doesn't even have a phone number on it and you know, whatever, that's not good. You're not, that listing agent's not gonna work with you. So we need to make sure that, I always say it's the trifecta. It's you as the buyer, it's me as the agent, and it's the lender. If the three of us aren't doing our jobs, we're never getting to the finish line. It doesn't matter. We all have to be equally vested in this process. So ultimately, you can choose, the buyer can choose any lender that they want, and that's that's fine, but it can be a hindrance to you getting to the finish line. That's right. I mean, I know when I'm on the listing side and I'm looking at offers, if I know the lender and I know I can pick up the phone and, and they've got a great yeah. track record, that counts for a lot versus a lot. I, somebody I've never seen or heard of. Yeah, exactly. So having that discussion up front. And again, we're really, what we're talking about today is setting buyer's expectations. So these points that we're going through are things that in your buyer consultation to talk about the roadmap that's going to happen in their process, this is something you talk about. So just to recap a little bit, so you've done your needs analysis, mm-hmm. you've set expectations, Mm-hmm. Now you're setting a collaborative search. And the key right. word there is collaborative. Buyer's going to be looking for properties and sending sending things. And mm-hmm. agents, are, we're going to be looking as well. Right. And you really need to have a tool to where you're collaborating around that to cut the cycle time down. Mm-hmm. And a lot of firms have great tools. You, if, if you don't, you can build your own. And a process around where you're reviewing properties that are on the market and they're evaluating and you're learning, it's an iterative process. You're learning as you go and you can mm-hmm. tweak criteria. That's really, really important. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it that way, you can get into this kind of one-off where here's a property, well, that's not it. Here's a property, well, well, that's not it. Oh, that one's not it. Well, what is it? 
right? So you mm-hmm. need to be able to learn from each property that you're discussing or visiting and modifying that criteria so that when the right one does come on the market, you can move quickly. Right. So one thing your firm has is a a place where both you and your buyer can communicate around the house. And we were talking about how sometimes people communicate in email and then they're communicating in a text and then they're communicating on the platform. And it's, it's an important thing to say, hey, if you want me to serve you at the highest level, we need to pick a place where we're communicating. So let's, let's communicate here around the houses so that when I'm searching and I'm calling people, I can go through your notes on things of why you don't like them or why you do or what your favorite is or whatever. It's just, it. it's again, it's, it's leaving things, it's not leaving things so open and airy-fairy that your buyer doesn't even know what the protocol is. We want them to understand what the protocol is. And because we have relatively few properties on the market, it's a yeah. little more challenging. It takes a little more discipline to do it that way. Because yes. it's, if, if it's once a week, something maybe comes up, it gets tossed over in a text and then you're commenting on that text because it's quick and you're having that discussion, but it's not a living document where you're a process where you're learning from it. Yeah. So it, it, it takes a little more, more discipline to do it that way, but there's high value there. Yes. And then setting times on your calendar for communication. Yep, hundred percent. I think you know, in order to have a really successful process, there you've got to have that that check in time where you're discussing what has or has not come on the market uh, for that period of time and the criteria to see if that needs to be tweaked. Right. So I think that's that's super important. Good, good, and that takes us to seeing homes, the showing experience, right? A lot of times. You know, because Joe, my business partner, and I, we we have a lot of buyers that might pop up at the same time, and and maybe one of us needs a day off or whatever's happening. So we we always want to explain to the buyer, look, you're going to see the property with Joe today. I know I'm the chef in this in this situation. I know I'm your main point of contact, but I don't want you to miss this because we still don't have enough homes on the market. You don't really have the time you think you have to make a decision on this. So we want to get you in there fast. So the showing experience is is really good. And if you can't show a property and somebody else needs to, you need to make sure the person who's showing the home has the same, I hate to say the word dialogue, but they have the same way of communicating with the buyer that you would. And one of those things is, and you've talked about this a lot, is when you go into a house, you really point out all the good and the bad. Right. Especially on those first few homes so that the buyer can start having buyer's eyes. Right, mm-hmm. I, I think that's totally it. I, I, the process I try to go through at that initial meeting is to say, "Look, I'm going to point out everything you're going to hear at resale. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through, and you're going to hear all the great things, and then from a resale perspective, the things that are less than a hundred percent. Some of these are curable; others may not be. So you know, you can always update a kitchen or a bathroom, but you can't move that home." Underneath that's underneath the power lines. We can't move it. <laughs> right? Yes, right. And so the things we're going to talk about at showing are going to include what you're going to hear when you sell it. Yeah, which is, yeah. And that's another thing I will say too is like, look, I'm not just here to sell you this home. I'm, I'm going to be here 
for when you need a gardener and when you need a plumber and when you're ready to sell your house in 20 years, I'm going to be here for you. So I need you to know these things because I don't want it to catch you off guard when we have that conversation. Right. Not that I remember 20 years later, but whatever. Anyway, you want to talk about negotiation? Yeah, I think we kind of covered that, but just to put a finer point on it, um, you know, it's, it's once you find the home, uh, once you've decided to make the offer, it's it, a lot of the skill p- piece comes in, and setting that expectation is the negotiation process, mm-hmm. and you know, and all the the experience that we have in that, and the things to be looking out for, right? Uh, to craft to craft the right uh, offer, right? So we need our accepted. buyers to understand that, like understand how important that is. Definitely. So ag- again, I think you know why it matters. Yeah. We want to have a collaborative experience. We want to best mm-hmm. serve the clients. Yep. And the value add is not at just opening the door, but really making sure that we're acting as a fiduciary, right? And right. being the, the eyes and ears of the market. Yes, exactly. Do you want to talk about your Costa Rica story for the end of this beautiful pod? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the ways to think about this in the buyer side is that we're the guide. And so we're we're helping them on this journey. And when we were on our vacation in uh, Costa Rica, we went to a cloud forest on our own, and then we went into a national park in the jungle with a guide. Mm-hmm. And when we went on the cloud forest, we had a great time, but we really didn't see any wildlife. They were out there, but we didn't know what we were looking <laughs> at. And then when we went into the jungle with the guide, we saw everything. Mm-hmm. And they knew where the sloths were and they'd position and they and then they sprang into other guides on the trail and you know they're speaking in Spanish, but they were trading information. Yeah. And I think it's a great analogy for when we're leading buyers through the process is that we're the guide and we can make for that successful experience so that they see a lot of wildlife along the way. Yeah, that's a great point. Hey, Ed, thanks. And uh, hey, everybody, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions, reach out to us. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. We hope you enjoyed the show. Gained insight into having a thriving business and living a balanced life. We also welcome any ideas you would like us to discuss in future shows. Don't forget to like and share. We'll see you next week.